Yes, it's Monday, and we all know what that means, don't we? It's time to talk about ghosts with me, Kevin. And that's, you know, the name of the show. It's why you tune in. We all like ghosts. Let's just get on with it, eh? Christ, Kevin, don't be so thorough. Anyway, today is the 4th. Hooray, everybody in America. Hooray. And if you don't know why they celebrate the 4th, it's, of course, because that is the day that they finally got rid of all the dinosaurs from Jurassic Park. And Americans celebrate it every year. Now, of course... It is the celebrating of the time when they kicked the British out of America and said, no, we want to do it by ourselves. And rightfully so. And you don't have to be just American to celebrate kicking Britain out of your country. No, I think over history, we've managed to invade and say this is ours on more or less everywhere in the world. So why don't why don't you find out when we left your place of residence and celebrate today, too? Because let's be honest, us British are Balance when it comes to going to places and saying, we want it now, no, pay us, rah. What was that thing? The sun never sets on the British Empire. It does now, and it's a bloody good job too. I mean, I'm not surprised that Americans basically went, um, no, because think about it, in those days, it would be the king, or that's how it'd be positioned, the king would like some of your bananas. And you'd be like, what? We grew these bananas? No, the king wants them now. Imagine if you go to, like, if we colonise Venus, and you're like, we're on a new planet. And it's like, the queen would like your Venusian space cakes. She wants a share of them. Why? Just because you're here and you've made them and she's the queen. No, Venus Independence Day, July the 5th. Mark it in your calendars, in your future space calendars. Sincerely, though, big congratulations. Big congratulations? Do you congratulate people for July the 4th? I don't know. Um, what do you say? Well done. Big well done on... <laughs> I don't know what you say. How do you say it? Like, celebrate? Just celebrate. Just go and get drunk. You know, hooray, it's the fourth. Go do what you want. Um, yeah, so congratulations on the fourth, everyone. Well done. Good kicking out. Um, yeah, anyway, but this is a paranormal podcast, believe it or not. And my oh my, do we have a fun show for you. Yes, we do indeed. What we're going to do, because I always like to give you a bit of a format mix, mix? No, a bit of a format introduction at the start. So we're going to have me telling you about something paranormal. Yes, we are. And then we'll go into your true listener ghost stories, my favourite part of the show. And then, actually in the flesh, we're going to have Becca back, hooray, after a short absence, because she went like travelling, like she's some sort of Judith Chalmers. Only about five people will get that reference. Um, but she's back and we're going to go over to her spooky Reddit corner so she can tell us a ghost story from Reddit. Now, right now would normally be the time when I would sing hooray for our new Patreons and I would write a song for them. Now, unfortunately, I had my first band practice. Yes, we've put together a band. Sincerely, yes, I'm 43. And um, we had that yesterday. And my guitars are not currently in the house, so I can't sing a song. So I'm going to do it next week. I'm going to do a big capture all. I say capture all. We get a couple of new patrons every week. So I'll be doing. If you've signed up this week, thank you very much. And I will be singing your name out with gusto next week. And gusto is my new friend from Venus. No, I will be singing it properly next week. So. Tune in then to hear your name if you've signed up recently. And if you haven't signed up to our Patreon recently, what are you doing? Head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. And when you do, you get two extra podcasts each and every week. Every week. Yeah, not one a month or anything like that. No, two every week. Um, one of them is a ramble where I act like this for about half an hour. And um, the other one is a paranormal podcast, which we put out on a Sunday. 
And this week's Paranormal Podcast, if I do say so myself, was great because of the content. Obviously, it's not to do with me. I'm a mere conduit, but the content was great. We looked at what I think is one of the greatest ghost stories I've ever, ever stumbled upon. And I did stumble upon it. I found it in an old antique book called Catholic Ghost Stories. And it's amazing. And I need to do more research into it because it's such a fantastic place. You know what I need to do, actually? I need to reach out to Paul from um, Mysteries and Monsters because he's into this sort of like researchy sort of aspect. Clearly, Kev isn't. Kev just wants caffeine and a microphone. Um, and I'll just say to him, please, can you tell me if you know anything about this? I'd like to go there. Um, but yeah, head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghost. Not only do you support the show, but you get those extra shows each and every week. And there's about God, there's a, there's over 150 hours worth of rambling nonsense. So if you like someone wittering in the background and you're running out, head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. And now it's time for a paranormal review where I review the paranormal so you don't have to. Yes, it's time for the paranormal review. Now, this week's paranormal review is something I should have reviewed a long time ago, really, but I rewatched this thing over the weekend, and it made me howl, and it made me, hmm, pause for thought, and it made me contemplate things of the paranormal ilk. Now, what I'm talking about is a film made by one of my favourites, if not my favourite podcast of all time, and that is The Parapod. And they made a movie called A Very British Ghost Hunt, right? And Parapod, A Very British Ghost Hunt, I always struggle saying that, is available on Amazon. You need to buy it. It's not yet streaming anywhere. You need to pay. You need to invest in this. Yes, you do. But it's well worth the investment because uh, we've had Ian on the show. If you're an old hand at the show, you'll know that we've had Ian Bolsworth on the show twice now um, to discuss things around the Parapod and around the film in general. We had him on initially when they were first looking at doing the film, and then we had him on just around the film's release. And he's a top gent. He didn't have to come on the show, you know, in terms of... What we do here as podcasters, you know, he's pretty, he's big news, really, obviously. Um, it's one of the most successful podcasts in the UK. And, you know, they managed to crowdfund a film, which is insane, really. You know, no more I know about, like, um, podcasting and stuff. That's a hell of amount of support and a hell of amount of hard work. And my God, does it pay off within this film. So... If you don't already know, the premise of the Parapod podcast is there are two comedians. You have Ian Boltsworth and Barry Dodds. And they're two comedians, and they're both hysterical in their own right in a comedy land. You know, they do stand-up. I think Ian stopped doing stand-up now. But, um, you know, they tour regularly. They did tour regularly. Barry still does, I think. And um, both very funny individuals. Now, Barry is a hardened believer in the paranormal. Like, um, like really, like the nth degree of belief really and Ian on the other hand is a complete skeptic and but he's a he's an open-minded skeptic he's very much a if you show me a happening I'll believe you but you've not yet shown me a happening now the Parapod podcast itself it's still on iTunes go and check it out because you will howl and you will understand all of the arguments they have because you'll have had them yourselves with friends and family and it's so relatable and so hysterical that it will rapidly become one of your favourites, if not your favourite podcasts, it really will. Anyway, the film is kind of an extension of that podcast, and they go to some of the places they mention on the podcast, and they do it with cameras, and they experience a good few things. There's a good few things that happen within it, which 
does actually even make Ian go, hold on, that's a bit weird. And it's well worth the watch. So if you like podcasts, you like the dynamic of two podcasts on a, on a show, you know, like um, Ghost Story Guys or where you have a bit of banter between the hosts. Obviously, I'm a solo podcast with the exception of Becca popping in at the end. But if you like two hosts, one, check out the podcast, and then you inevitably will want to check out A Very British Ghost Hunt. So do go and check out the film, Parapod, A Very British Ghost Hunt. There aren't enough hands in the world to raise two thumbs to the sky, but let's do it. It's two thumbs to the sky. Yes, it's now time for my favourite part of the show, and I sincerely mean that. And this is where I read out your true listener paranormal experiences. Now, guys, if you have a paranormal experience that you want to share with this show, send it in to contact at talkaboutghosts.com. And what I do, you see, is I read it out. That's the transaction that we agree to. But do send it in, contact at talkaboutghosts.com. Now, in saying that, I've missed an email from someone. And this wonderful person is called Miranda. And she sent an email in January. And she's followed it up recently. And for love and money, I can't find the original email. So she's forwarded it again. Did I say that right? Forwarded it again. And this is Miranda's email and experience. This experience took place in an apartment building in northern New Jersey. I was about three years old at the time. I know some people say it's impossible to have clear memories from such a young age. But I consider this to be my first real memory. It was so real that because of it, I remember the layout of that part of the apartment where the experience took place. Allow me to describe the setup. My parents sometimes slept on the pull-out sofa in our living room, with me sleeping in between them. The way the pull-out sofa was situated, if you lay down and look at your feet, you'd also be looking directly into the kitchen. There was a large archway between the kitchen and living room. My high chair was situated just beyond the archway, in the kitchen and to the left, where it sat along a wall that had a large window. On the night of my experience, I was awake whilst my parents slept on either side of me in the living room, my mum to the left, my dad to the right. I don't know if I was startled awake by a noise or a feeling, I just remember being suddenly awake. I recall looking into the kitchen, where I saw a head floating high above my chair tray but slightly to the right of it it looked like the dried up half rotten head of a corpse with sunken in eyes and cheeks I couldn't tell if it was male or female by the appearance it had a slightly high pitched and scratchy or raspy voice as if it was straining to speak I don't remember what it said to initiate the conversation or for how long we spoke. At one point, it asked me if I wanted to be friends, and if I would share my toys with it, to which I responded, no, they're mine. Looking back on this as an adult, I feel like this thing was trying to gauge how cooperative or easy to manipulate I would be since I was so little. The questions now seem to be like a predatory adult trying to befriend me. At this point, my mum woke up and asked me who I was talking to. I told her there was a head in the kitchen. I don't recall what happened after that. I didn't discuss this experience with anybody for many years, because although my gut told me that it really did happen, I tried to rationalise it as a nightmare 
or an overactive imagination, and I didn't want people to think I was weird. It wasn't until my twenties that I asked my mum if she had any memories of that night. She confirmed where the high chair and pull-out sofa were situated in that apartment, and that there was indeed an archway between the two rooms. She said she remembered being woken up by the sound of me talking, and when she turned over to check on me, I was looking directly into the kitchen. She also confirmed what I told her, that there was a head in the room talking to me. I've had quite a few more paranormal, or at least unexplainable, experiences since then, which thankfully have gotten more infrequent as I've got older. What I keep circling back to in my mind about that night is why I didn't feel afraid. In fact, I was eerily calm. If it was a nightmare, and it certainly was nightmare material, why wasn't I crying or screaming? It just felt so natural, so matter-of-fact, that there was a half-rotten, floating head in the kitchen asking to be my friend and share my toys. Wow, Miranda, what on earth was that? Genuinely, what on earth was that? And yes, I agree with what you're saying in terms of people will say you can't have memories from that young. I know what you mean, and I've experienced it myself because one of my earliest memories, and I will say my earliest memory genuinely, is me walking on the wall outside our old house where we used to live. And my mum holding me hand because it was like a, it wasn't a high wall, about four foot high. Um, and she was holding me hand so I wouldn't fall. And she said, it's your birthday next week, isn't it? And I said, yes. And she said, and how old are you going to be? And I remember saying four. So it's only a year out, but I remember that vividly. And I remember the fourth birthday, I had a, a like an F1, a Formula One car on a cake. Um, so yeah, you can have memories. It depends, I think, on a lot of things, whether you remember them or not. But did you see that head? By all accounts, you did. If your mum's backing up the fact that you were talking to something in the kitchen, and what a horrible, grotesque thing for a child of three to imagine. Why would a child of three, where would you even get the imagery as a child of three to know what a rotten human head looks like? So yeah, I'm fully in the camp that you did see something paranormal there. And that's bloody terrifying, to be fair. And it's also fair play you as a three-year-old hard ass. clearly, if you're like, no. No, demon head, you shan't join in with my toy playing. They're my toys. No. Go back and play with your own sweaty pieces of rotten flesh or whatever you play with. If it says Fisher Price, it's mine. If it leaks blood, it's yours. Let's keep our boundaries, head. So yeah, thanks Miranda for sending that in. A truly terrifying experience. And if you have one like Miranda, you can send it in to contact at talkaboutghosts.com. Okay, let's have another. Okay, so this email has come in from Megan. And Megan writes, hello, Kevin. Hi, my name is Megan and you can use my name. Thank you. I got sucked in by the dark paranormal. I absolutely love that show. Why, thank you very much, Megan. I wasn't sure if I would like We Need to Talk About Ghosts, but I thoroughly enjoy it and it makes me laugh, laugh often. Thank you for saying that, Megan. Yeah, it's a bit chalk and cheese, really. People, I understand why people would love the dark paranormal over We Need to Talk About Ghosts. One is a straight ghost story and the other, well, it features me. You know, and I'm a bit marmite let's just say that much. Um, and I thoroughly loved it. I loved the sultry ending of the first Becker's Reddit corner. The OnlyFans comment was hysterical, and I actually laughed out loud at work. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I like that people actual LOL, you know. 
that should be a thing, A-L-O-L. You should be able to put that in like a, an abbreviation to mean I actually LOL'd. I didn't just type LOL. Um, so yeah, thank you for that, Megan. That's very nice. I have a few stories, but I'll just mention one. All the other stories I have would be better told by my friend from high school. She has a lot of paranormal activity happening around her. I believe she's more sensitive to the paranormal. I've told her she needs to send in her stories. Anyways, I'll get to telling my story. I believe this happened about 10 years ago. The first part of this story was told to us by one of her caretakers that believes she's sensitive to the paranormal. So I will try to do my best with the details. So this is Megan's story. My grandmother was diagnosed with dementia. She had started getting worse. She didn't really remember any of us, her grandkids. She was still lucid enough to have full conversations and realised that we must be her grandkids when we would say, Hello, Grandma. I believe this incident happened about a year after she started receiving 24-hour in-home care. The caretaker was sleeping in my grandfather's old office. One night, the caretaker randomly woke up in the middle of the night. Soon after waking, she heard the family dog, that would normally sleep through the night, get up and walk into my grandmother's room. She got up to check on the dog and my grandmother. She saw that my grandmother was fast asleep, so she went back to her room and saw that the dog laid back down in her favourite chair and closed her eyes. A few minutes later, she heard the dog get up again and go back into grandmother's room. The caretaker got up again and went to check on grandmother, but before leaving her room, she heard footsteps and the floorboards creaking as if someone was walking across the living room and into my grandmother's bedroom. In brackets, there's one specific spot right outside my grandmother's bedroom that sounded different than walking across the living room. Close brackets. Thinking someone was in the house or my grandmother was up and walking around, she walked back into my grandmother's room to check on her. When she walked in, my grandmother was fully awake, still in bed with the dog watching her. To no one in particular, my grandmother said, They are here. The caretaker asked, Who's here? And my grandmother said, My family. They are here to visit me. In brackets, at this point her parents and husband had long since passed. Close brackets. I don't remember if she said, They are here to visit me, or if she said, They are here to take me. The caretaker eventually got the dog and my grandmother settled back to sleep, and she went back to her room. I don't know if she slept after that, but the next day she told my mother that she would no longer be doing overnight stays with her, and that she needed to find someone else to do nights. The only other thing I've personally experienced in that house happened when I was a kid. In the girl's bedroom upstairs was an attic space. It was a tiny half door by the window and it had an old-fashioned lock on that you could simply just push down and it would open. Every day I would come home and that little door would be unlatched and cracked open. No matter how many times I closed and latched that door, every day it would be open again. I suppose it could have been from a draft, but I'm unsure how the latch would have been pushed down to open the door. 
I lived at my grandmother's for my senior year in high school, and that creepy door would always be cracked open. I hated that door and the attic space. I've recently learned that dementia patients can be affected by the paranormal due to their weakened state. I'm not sure if I've worded that correctly or not. Anyway, that's my story, and it creeped all of us out. Megan. Wow, Megan. That is amazing. Thank you so much for getting in touch and finding the show, but also for getting in touch with uh, your own paranormal experience. And yeah, it's a strange thing when you try and broach that suggested theory, because it can be a little bit of a tetchy subject, Khan, if people can, I don't know, not necessarily want to cancel you. But I, I, I get what you mean. I get what you're saying in terms of people with dementia. My own grandmother had dementia before she passed on. And there were many times I would be convinced she was talking with someone she could see and we couldn't see. And like she literally, you know, her faculties completely went towards the end, genuinely. Like once I went in to see her and it was heartbreaking. But you, you, you understand it's not the person anymore. That's the horrible thing you've got to you've got to accept. Really, I went to see you once, and and me and my nan always had a really close a really close relationship. Like she brought me up, really genuinely, from the age of like sixteen, and went in once to see her, and she was in a wheelchair, and she she went, oh hello. She always put on a very posh voice if she didn't know who it was, so she didn't recognize me. She went, oh hello. And then she went to the woman, I don't know who it is, take me back. And it was fucking heartbreaking. But at the same time, you know, it wasn't her. But she was having full-blown conversations with empty spaces. And I am a believer that, you know, when your mental faculties can be affected like that, well, you definitely don't have the rational mind that you once had. Do you know what I mean? So maybe, because I do think that as adults, we kind of, we don't allow ourselves to see the paranormal. We write everything off as, as understood. You know, there's more, there is more important things that we've got to deal with as adults, you know, bills to pay, jobs to keep, families to feed, roof over your head. So when something paranormal happens, I think our rational minds will often not even tell us what it's seen. It'll just kick it to the side. And I think that when that rationality is broken down by such a horrible disease as dementia, who knows, maybe similar to when a child, they say that children haven't built up that wall of rationality to... So therefore, children are more open to see the paranormal. I think it works the other end of life too. So I do believe in what you're saying there. And that is a jarring and terrifying story, the idea. I mean, it's not, it's beautiful, but it still is terrifying, isn't it? It's beautiful, the idea that your family may arrive on your deathbed and go, come with us. But it's also fucking terrifying. Do you know what I mean? Because we are talking about, about psychopomps uh, coming to who are your dead family, arriving at the foot of your bed and saying, come with us, Kevin. We have biscuits. And I'd be like, fair enough. Go now. If you've got biscuits, let's go. But without the biscuits, it would be terrifying. Anyway, thank you so much, Megan. Um, great email. And don't forget, if you've got an email and you want to send it in, and it's about ghosts, more importantly, send it to contact at talkaboutghosts.com and I will read it out. Anyway, shall we head over to that dark and dingy depressing, it's not depressing, corner where Becker inhabits? I think we shall. Ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for Paranormal Reddit Corner, with Becca. Yes, here I am once again in the evil, dark and twisted corner that is owned by you. Hello. 
<laughs> that doesn't sound evil or twisted, doesn't it? I like the um, the just juxtaposition. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Are you? Yeah, so you're back from your travels then. I know, I had a break last week. Where did you go? Did you miss me? We did miss you, actually. Where did you go? I went to Palma. Palma? Palma de Mallorca. That's where we went, flew into for our holiday, wasn't it? And then literally the week yeah. later you went again. Yeah, I was back a few days later. Yeah, it was good. You talk really low. You're talking really low, like a little mouse. That's not the sort of person that owns a corner about ghosts, is it? It could be. Oh, no, that sounds like you're tired anyway. <laughs> be more demonic. I'm not liking these director's instructions. More demonic and go. <laughs> okay, well, it's obviously your ready corner. It is, obviously. For those did who... you miss me? We did miss you, yeah. Drastically. I had to pretend to be you. Did you? Yeah, I was all left-wing and everything. It was weird. Really? Um... So Did you speak like a little mouse? I speak like a little I spoke that quiet and none <laughs> of the microphones picked me up. Um I was a nightmare to edit. <laughs> <laughs> um what was I gonna say? I don't know, something dead good probably. Oh yeah, no, so if you if you're relatively new to the show and you you you've heard Becca's gonna be don't know what is going on with it, let me put it into some sort of context. So Becca is my long suffering skeptical partner. Mm-hmm. And Therefore, it's hysterical when I get her on the show. It's not, I don't mean it's not like you're going to laugh. I mean, I find it hysterical when I get her on... You might laugh when I get her on the show and ask her to tell us a ghost story. <laughs> <laughs> but I do it so well. You do do it so With well. With such good grace. With such good grace. And, um, and because I also am fascinated by the culture of Reddit and people going onto Reddit to just say things like, so just move the nose, what am I going to do? And people then give advice, you need to get some sage or you need to get a medium. And I love Reddit. So you read from Reddit, don't you? I do, yeah. Yeah, I was that much of a hit, you decided to give me my own corner. Well, this is quite literally right. And also, you were kind of blocking up other parts of the show, so I just forced you to... Do you mean blocking up other parts? <laughs> as if I've ever insisted on coming uh, on, as no, if it's ever been my request. Of course I'm joking. Of course I'm joking. But, I mean, it was a bit sporadic, your appearances, wasn't it? Yeah, because I'd just be, like, sat here chilling, you'd suddenly thrust a microphone in front of my face and start, like, asking me questions about... Yeah. Demogorgons and things. Demogorgons. See, this that's what I mean. This is I was gonna say that's the level of uh, paranormal knowledge, but it's not. You've actually got quite a good now, don't you? Yeah. Um uh, although one thing that does make you laugh, what is your answer to every paranormal if I put posited to you a paranormal question, what would you say the answer would probably be? It depends on the story, what do you mean? I don't have a thing. Oh you do? I do not. Well you've just ruined this fucking joke. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know what you're All right doing. then. Um which... No, it's not a ghost, if that's what you're looking for. No. All right, all right. So if I started a question with which famous case? Oh, right, yeah, Janet. It's always Janet. <laughs> Enfield, yeah. Anyway, um, there's your story for today. Okay. I can't find the video they're referencing, but it's a very detailed story. It's quite a lengthy one, which um, you know makes up for your absence. Right, okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's our punishment. Be sure not to take time off again. <laughs> exactly, <yeah. laughs> This thing that you're not paid for. Nice. Um, this story is by user DJJ214. Obviously the proud Thanks. son of mm-hmm. Mr. and Mrs. DJ2114. And the title is, Our House is Terrifying. I posted a video of activity. Here's more backstory. I can't find the video, but this is the story, which is good. Okay. Um, apologies, I'm being slack. Welcome to Reddit Corner with Becca. Finally. I thought we'd never get an intro. Anyway. Let's begin. Let's begin. Am I telling this story or are you? I, I'm not decided yet. I've got a lot of coffee going through <laughs> my blood, so we'll see. Because <laughs> right. I, I, I will tell you, we're not both telling it. No, fair okay. play. Yeah. 
My wife and I found our house roughly two years ago. Everything seemed fine when looking, good location, right size, in our price range, and it felt warm and inviting, about four miles north of Detroit. Prior to moving in, Google and internet searches just showed the typical realtor website listing and the other typical stuff. So we move in. After about two months, I started getting woken up to three knocks on an interior wall at 2.57am. Okay, now interestingly, I'll pause you there. I do know the relevance of three here, if that's what you're saying. In both comments you're making. In both the knocks and it's three minutes to three, which mocks the Holy Trinity. Fucking hell, Becca, bingo. I love it. (laughs) You know, your knowledge has come on leaps and bounds. Thank you. Crack on. Yeah. This happened every night for over a month. Sometimes the three knocks would come in series. Three knocks, a pause of maybe around a minute, and then more. It was almost 3am, I'm startled awake and don't have a great grasp length of time. Fast forward, I do another internet search about the area. Native Americans that inhabited the area. Really anything I could find. Then dozens of news stories show up about a woman who was murdered in our house in 2018 by her husband, who then called 911 to tell the police what he did. After a couple of hours police standoff, he's now serving 30 years in prison. I don't know whether to give this guy's full name. This person's no, giving the no, guy's full name. Just, just... It says, uh, search this guy um, on Mich- Michigan and you'll find him. Probably won't give his full name. Don't give his full name, <laughs> just in case. Uh, this progressed. We would hear a soft woman's voice that we could not make out coming from a back room with no TV, radio or anything that could make noise. We called a family friend who has a PhD in demonology. No, who has a no, P- sorry. Not a fucking thing. Who has a PhD in demonology? Can you get a PhD in Can you get a doctorate in demonology? Yeah. You know what? You probably can, but it's... Maybe we should. Who's the fucking governing body for that? Shall I do demonology and you can do poltergeistology? You can can get a doctorate in parapsychology, but it needs to be mixed with several other things, like actual psychology and stuff like that. Well, why aren't we doing this? Parapsychology? Yeah. I mean, I might. I like the way I'm saying we and you're saying you. Yeah, because you're not interested in parapsychology, are you? Yeah. You liar. I am. Oh, yeah. Yeah, parapsychology. Bear yeah. in mind, there's a lot of like, it, it would actually back up a lot of the times what I say to things is like, you're underestimating the strength of the mind. Well, yeah, yeah. It's just a good point. It's actually, all, a true parapsychologist has never found evidence. You know, they will always be very rational about things. Well, there you go. But anyway, go on. we the, should do it. Anyway. You've got a demon doctor in. Let's continue. He came out with a minister and the Holy Brigade. And the Holy Brigade from church. What's a Holy Brigade from Do you just church? mean a lot of people who were whole religious from church? Imagine <laughs> them all getting off a bus, yeah, like exactly. traipsing through Holy your Brigade, house. Holy Brigade, we need we're you. In, yeah, we're in. Um, they, bur- they burned sage to stir up the presence. In a six hours... To stir up the presence? Yeah, anyway, I thought on, sage on. got rid of it. Yeah, um, crack on. I'm, well, the doctor knows best, doesn't he? Clearly. In the six hours they were here, they got IR video of orbs, which changed direction sharply. EVP recordings where they were given an answer of Dennis as to who was in the house. Dennis, and he says in brackets, Dennis is Synod backwards. Synod. Well, it's not Synod, is it? It's Synod. Well, okay. Oh, no, sorry, Synd. Synd. <laughs> Synod. Synod. <laughs> she means Synod. I presumed he was talking about a name, but no, Synd, obviously. Right, right okay. Synd, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if any listeners got that before we did. I know, yeah. They cleansed the house, then cleansed us of any attachments. Everything seemed calm and quiet for a couple of months. This simply pissed off what was in here. Yeah, because the doctor got it wrong. It came back hard, mentally and physically coming at us. Oh. 
My wife and I are both around 40, a firefighter and medic. She's a physician assistant and in good shape and health. We both started experiencing 10 out of 10 stomach pain, back pain, headaches, but never together or at the same time. It was random times, but always in this house. The mental thoughts of harming ourselves, no motivation to do anything, and injuries became more than we could handle. I suffered a spinal cord injury on the job, as well as every complication you can think of happened, as well as left arm permanent nerve damage and balance issues. My wife lost vision in one of her eyes and developed shingles. With the house itself, more noises, a cross nailed to the wall in the back bedroom where the presence is was pulled off the wall and found on the floor. The St. Michael statue, sitting in the middle of an empty dresser, was knocked to a soft carpeted floor with its sword hand broken off. Kitchen cabinets, which were closed at night, would be open in the morning, all high ones. Random smells of rotten meat in areas of the house. Multiple times, sitting on our couch, waiting, watching TV or in bed, I would feel a cool hand on the back of my neck. I could feel long fingers and a palm. We called the church brigade back out. This time, a priest, minister and demonologist, along with two other people from the church, including a sceptic. This time, I thought to search Google Maps for images. There's a Google Street image of the house that shows a reflection on the front door. The demonologist immediately went to the demon, Mara. They did also look at fairies, in brackets, not the Tinkerbell kind. They again gathered evidence and did a cleansing on us for any attachments. The minister and demonologist is a family friend. When trying to cleanse me, I have never felt such intense anger and hatred towards people and tried to kick them all out of the house. I apparently did not blink once for almost ten minutes. The priest and minister were preparing to do an exorcism on me. In the end, they cleansed us, the house, placed olive oil crosses above every doorway and window in the house. They left around 11.45pm. Waking up the next morning at about 6.30, I saw there was an identical murder about three miles from our house, where an 80-year-old, uh, an 80-something-year-old man shot and killed his wife, called 911, then turned the gun on him himself. I don't believe in coincidences, and there's a small river that runs from a block from our house to where this murder happened. Now that we're trying to move out, we have this entity trying to stop us at every turn. Pain, illness, thoughts that are not our own. I'm not religious and never have been. This kind of changed my perspective though. Yesterday I was feeling the presence hard. It felt like a giant weight on your shoulders and like something is watching. I recited the Lord's Prayer and St. Michael's Prayer. Every hair on my body was on end. We've also boiled Madagascan Villa, but we'll not sage because we don't want it to get pissed off. I'm sorry for it being so long, but thank you for reading it. It says, I'll edit this when we move and include links to the news stories. I just don't want any local people coming by wanting to investigate until we're 100% out of here. I'd, le- I'd say that's quite a lengthy one, so we won't do the listener to read the comments, because I've read a few of them and they're all like just a little bit lunatic. To be fair, um, now... There's a lot, I, a lot to unpack. You know what? There is a lot to unpack, but I interestingly, I I stopped being as jovial. There's something really telling in how they tell that story that I that for me gives it validity, mm. and that is how they just run to like a series of almost bullet points of activity. Mm. It wasn't like, um, and I was lying in bed and there was a bang, and when I ran downstairs to my horror, all of mm. the kitchen cup. Co- it was like kitchen cupboards were open in the morning. This happened. This happened. This mm-hmm. happened. That, to me, gives a validity. I don't know why. There's a certain qualia about how they've listed it there, which mm. which um, makes me think that this could be legit. 
I mean, interesting thing, though, they got in the demonologist, the minister, and the church brigade the first time. That made it a lot worse, so their answer was to get the same people in again. Yeah. Why would you do that? I don't know, and also, I'd have to question somebody, we got people in from the church, one of whom was a sceptic. What, so somebody goes to church and believes in the deity of God and the everlasting life, but doesn't believe in the spirit world. It seems a little bit of a... And why would they come? I mean, I think you can be religious without believing in ghosts. That's definitely a thing. I don't don't think you can. No, I definitely think you can. I don't think you can. What do you mean you don't think you can? To be ridiculous. No, I think... No, but we're talking here potentially... East mentions he got in touch with a demon called Mara. If you're a believer in in Christian religion, you believe in demons. It's part and parcel of it. I mean, all right, you don't have to... Yeah, but not ghosts. You you can believe in them as a metaphor. Because people see... Like, God as facts, don't they? Whereas ghosts is a different... No, ghosts is a completely different entity. People can believe... Yeah, but demons, though. We're talking ghosts. Well, yeah, yeah demons, no, yeah, all right. Demons. Yeah, no, you can... Yeah, yeah, I think people can believe in... Can be religious and not believe in ghosts. I don't know. I, I just think... I'm sure you can, you know, and that's... I think of, it's common. That's a mystery of faith. But I, I just think it, it doesn't add up. You can't say, I believe in God and I practice the the teachings of Jesus and all this. And when Jesus says, and I cast demons out, well, you didn't do that, Jesus. Don't, don't go that far. Well, you can, because like you believe in ghosts, but you don't believe in the Loch Ness Monster. Um, who said I don't believe in the Loch Ness Monster? <laughs> all right, you, you know what I mean? There's different, there's various elements that you don't believe in that you don't believe are like true. Yeah, but... It, but you do believe in I don't ghosts. want to unpack that into in what that analogy, that analogy doesn't make sense. Because if it did, it would mean that a ghost, I believe in ghosts, and ghosts turn around and say, and don't forget the Loch Ness Monster is real. And I go, I believe in ghosts, but I don't believe what they're saying. Well, no, you're just saying they're separate things. I think religion and the paranormal are very separate things. Uh, I don't think they are. But I anyway. don't think they are. Okay, well, you're wrong. I'm definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. I know, I know. Um, okay, so what's your, uh, what's your general synopsis of that and what's your advice, if any? Uh, um, well, they're already moving, so yeah. you know, I think that's, that's that boxed off. Um, yeah, I don't know why they'd invite the same people back after they made it worse the first time. Mm. Um, also, he's saying I don't believe in coincidences and the same crime happened locally. Mm. Years later, but it happened locally. And he said, oh, I don't believe in coincidences. So he's suggesting that when this church brigade came out the second time, the, spirit, the spirit then spirit went onto somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, but he's still having things happen. Like it came back, sort of thing. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah it's yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. popped down the street, as it, for 20 minutes and then like come back. Yeah, moved That's... out while the church brigade were in. It, what, yeah. what is an interesting thing in it is that when he's... I mean, it's very interesting anyway, but what he's... An interesting part is where he's saying about um, thoughts, you know, the put like, like thoughts of harm in yourself, mm. in your head. On this... You know that book that we bought from the... Um, the Baltic Market? Mm. Uh, the Catholic Ghost Stories? Mm. And it's from the 50s or something. I've done a Patreon about it on Sunday. There's one story in there which is bone chilling. And a very, very, very brief synopsis of it. There's a mansion. doesn't mention where. just says in, the, in the England somewhere. Outside this mansion is a lake, right? Mm. And people who stay in this particular room would be filled with thoughts of killing themselves. Well, yeah. So one guy who's in the army actually climbed out of the window once to jump. But when he got outside of the room, he instantly got his senses back. I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? Right. Um, then a maid apparently just down tools and walked it to the lake and jumped in and killed herself. The so it, some kind of natural gas around this lake. No, listen to this, right? Then the um, someone got talking to someone in a pub, and this guy says, "You want to look at the like the historical records 
of the 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 hundreds he called it you know, like what mm. they used to call the in the doomsday book the area were all hundreds weren't they right they were all the chilton hundreds and all that anyway um he does and he goes and looks and it turns out even at the at the time of king james onwards every 60 or so years there would be mass suicides at this lake and there were stories from like hundreds of years ago but like that had been written down for posterity uh, like one was of a farmer who traveled 8 miles from his farm with a shotgun and stood on the end of the lake and shot himself there's another one who hung them there was loads of people who hung themselves by the trees around this lake mm-hmm. and it's like this lake has some sort of evil pull on it um and then they got it exercised and all this carry on within this story. But I find it fascinating because that's there somewhere still. And it'd be interesting to see. That book was 60 years ago. So according to the legend of it, within that period between now and then, there should have been a mass suicide there. Or, you know, a okay. number of. Well, have you Googled it? No. I haven't done any research at all because I'm a lazy bastard. I think you're too suggestible to go to that lake as well. Under <laughs> normal yeah, circumstances, I'd suggest we go, but I think you're uh, yeah. too <laughs> open to suggestions to, yeah, to go yeah, with that. Anyway. Um, also, with this guy, by the way, going back to our story, what's this nonsense about he Googled the house loads and nothing came up, and then once uh, he was in there, he Googled it, and these murder yeah, stories that's came a bit, up? that's a bit of a weird thing. No, but... that's not how it works. But he might be bad on Google like you. But then why does it work the second time? What did you say this time? Maybe somebody else Googled it for him and went, are you Googling wrong? And here's what it is. And I'm not that bad on Google. You are, Becca. You're if, pretty bad on Google. Becca, if I said to you, Google how to peel an orange, you would put orange, eat, peel, and then you'd be looking at videos of people eating orange peel and be like, ah, oh, I can't find it. No, I wouldn't. I'm getting better. You are getting better, but you are renowned. I'm all right. Renowned. I'm... People around here, <laughs> around. all they yeah, say is Becca can't use Google. I'm not. Anyway, this has gone on awfully long, but this is what you get when you're having a week off, you see. That's it, yeah. Um, okay, well, thank you for your time today, Becca, on Reddit Corner. You are welcome. Thank you for joining Reddit Corner with Becca. See, she starts quiet and she ends quiet. It's only in the middle that you get good audio. Anyway, thank you. You're welcome. See ya. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.